Amen. Hope you're all having a great morning so far. Um, I'm Matt. I'm uh, the next-gen pastor. I have the joy and the privilege of uh, helping uh, lead and be the pastor of our next-gen ministries, children and youth, and I work alongside with Brandy as she leads our our River Kids program, and we just have a whole lot of fun doing it. Um, I know that um, being here today for people with uh, the floodwaters and maybe other things going at home, uh, times like these can be hard to think about anything else. And so I just recognize that. Uh, My prayer for you especially today is that you'd be blessed while you're here and that you would know God's presence with you. Um, I also know, and I didn't have permission to share this last, uh, the first service, but the second service, Pastor John gave me the okay. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Pastor John. A little bit about myself. I'm not much of a reader. I'll have to admit that. I do like to read, uh, but I, obviously, I, I, don't, I know I don't do it as much as I should. I'll give you an example. So this is not a Bible. I do read a Bible. Uh, but this book, um, I used to uh, date. I used to write the date on uh, books when I would get them. And looking back, I have no idea why I did that. Because now I'm looking at a book that is dated 2009. And that's as far as I've gotten so far. <laughs> Um, I don't do a lot of reading for pleasure. I often just read um, either because I have to, because of a course or, uh, or the Bible, which I don't consider the same. I don't read a lot for pleasure. Um, I love this book. I absolutely love it. Well, at least I love the first 120 pages of it. Um, I've read them over and over and over again, and yet I just can't seem to get any further than that. Not because I don't want to. Um, I've just not made the effort to do it. Um, I'm also, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, I have a lot of books like this. I've got a lot of books on my bookshelf. Um, I'm almost wondering that the publisher should just do me a favor and uh, save the cost of the ink and just leave the rest of the book just blank. Just don't waste your time. Don't waste your money on ink. Um, just, just leave me a, a book that's half blank. Um, and I mention this uh, because we'd like to uh, put an image in your mind this month. We're starting a new series. We're talking about wise choices. And uh, the, the image works of a book that is left empty because our lives can be like that as well. Uh, as we walk along this journey of life, there are pages of our story that have yet to be written. And most, not all, But most of the story of our life that is still blank ultimately depends on the wise choices we make now. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit in the next uh, few weeks. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about choosing wisely. And this month, we'll talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about choosing when to stay and choosing when to go. We're going to talk about our connections, our relationships, the influences that we have in our lives. And we're going to pray for courage that God would lead us toward wise choices and wise living. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, I'd like to start with a little bit of a definition of what wisdom is, what godly wisdom is. And then I'll I'll share a few steps of things that we can do, uh, steps that we can take uh, to help make wise choices. So uh, what is wisdom? What is it? Uh, I looked online a few times, and uh, there's a a blog writer. He's a pastor, a professor. His name's Jack Wellman. He defined wisdom as the ability to use and think, to act in such a way that common sense prevails and choices are beneficial and productive. That's his definition. 
My definition, what I'll go with, is wisdom is truthful and good thinking that leads to truthful and good living. Did I say that right? Wisdom is truthful and good thinking that leads to truthful and good living. There are lots of examples in Scripture, and I'm sure you all remember this well. January 2017, I preached an entire sermon on Solomon. Okay, so we don't need to talk about Solomon because you all remember it so well, I'm sure. Uh, In 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon, in, in what I think is the only time where God acts like a genie in the bottle, makes a promise to Solomon, and he says, ask for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. Solomon, as a king and as one who has to make a lot of important decisions, knows and makes the right choice. He says, God, give me, grant me a discerning heart and the ability to tell between injustice and justice. Solomon could have asked for anything, and he asks for wisdom. And he gathers his wisdom. He gathered his thoughts. He wrote some of our books that we now have in the Bible, um, primarily in the book of Proverbs, as he gathers and as he writes some great words of godly wisdom. And in the book of Proverbs, he says that wisdom is careful and thoughtful. Wisdom shows good judgment. Wisdom is humble. In other words, we don't just focus on ourselves. And in chapter 9, Solomon says that Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Now, fear means a lot of things. Uh, It means so much. And and what it really is getting into the heart of is that God is perfect. God is perfect and we are not. And so if there is a loving God that has a perfect plan that is fully perfect in himself, then if he has something to say, we ought to listen. And if we don't, there could be consequences, and and the fear of that is certainly one part of it, but the fear that leads to wisdom is knowing that we need to trust God with our decisions. We need to say, I want what God wants. And 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 fear also means to obey, because we all make decisions out of fear, whether we realize it or not. Um, Maybe later today, as you're driving home, you're going to stop at a traffic light, maybe. St. John has a few of them. Most of us obey traffic lights out of a fear of getting in a car accident. Or, like maybe me, most of us obey traffic lights for fear of a traffic ticket, right? We all have different things or different decisions that we make out of fear. Fearing something is a a part of obedience. And what better thing to obey than a perfect God who has, thankfully, a loving, wonderful plan for our lives. There is no better thing to follow. There are no better words to, to obey than God's. But it's not just about obedience, because wisdom is different from discernment. It's different from intellect or smarts. It's different from gut feelings, and we have all of those. All of those shape our decisions and how we make choices. But wisdom is much more than that. Wisdom is all about living well. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just understanding. It's not just reason or thought 
or even a philosophy. Wisdom needs to lead us toward living well. And it's about knowing what decisions we need to make that will help us live the best life possible, the life that God wants us to live. And it's not just in the big decisions, is it? We don't just need wisdom when we're faced with a really, really tough choice. Even in the simple decisions, we need God's wisdom as well. Because we make hundreds, if not thousands of decisions a day. Every single day, we are making choices. And they all, every single one of them, matter to God. They're going to point us into a life that we live. So to go back to the example of a book with the pages at the end left yet to write, the decisions that we can make now, the large and the small ones, will determine our story, the story of our lives in our future. For example, uh, maybe daily or weekly thoughtless purchases can break our budgets. Maybe we're dealing with email at work, but then we get a a personal-related one, and the next thing we know, even though we're on the clock, we're starting to do social media and hanging out doing stuff that is not what what we're getting paid to do at work. Uh, Maybe we need to get up 10 minutes early just to spend some time in prayer. Maybe we need to take the effort to get to places on time, handling conflict, planning ahead. Wisdom helps us with every aspect of our lives, and it's for all of us. And so if wisdom is for all of us, wisdom isn't just granted to a select few. God wants us all to be able to make wise choices. You don't need a wall full of degrees or diplomas or something to prove how smart you are to have godly wisdom. You don't need to be in charge. You don't need to be the boss to have wisdom. And you certainly don't need an IQ of 120 or over. So what do you need? How do you make wise choices? There's a wonderful promise from God. It's in the book of James. If you have your Bible there with you, uh, or if you want to use the red ones in the seats in front of you, you can go to James. It's way back in the New Testament. And in James chapter 1, on page 1880, uh, you can read along with me. James chapter 1, on page 1880. Uh, I'm going to read a few verses over and above the one uh, that is on the screen there. I'm going to read from 2 to the end of verse 8. James chapter 1, 2 to 8. James says here, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you, any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously. If any of you asks, or lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must, not, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of a sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. God gives wisdom generously. Believe, don't doubt, don't be like a wave tossed around by the wind in the sea. Uh, When I was in high school, my summer job was uh, teaching people how to kayak, and we would take people into the Bay of Fundy. We would ride the low tide out. 
and then we would wait for the tide to turn around, and we'd ride it back to the place where we started. And uh, there was one time when uh, us leaders, we should have known better, uh, the waves were way too rough. They were too rough for the instructors, and they were way too rough for our customers. And so five minutes into the water, after doing our instruction, getting the customers ready to go, five minutes, we were just out far enough that nobody could touch, and the waves were too hard for us to handle. Almost all of us capsized and turned over, but we were completely helpless in the waves of the strong Bay of Fundy. This verse says, don't be like those waves. Don't be helpless when one tough decision comes at you and another one comes right after that and another one comes after that. They're all connected. Don't be like a wave tossing you around in the ocean. God promises that if you ask for wisdom, he gives it generously. Ask for wisdom and God gives it. Is it really that simple? It's a promise from God. Isn't it interesting that even in life, and I know there are tough choices in our lives, it's not always black and white. It's not always right from wrong, the tough choices that we need to make. And it's not always easy, but isn't it interesting that the same promise is that you ask and you receive. You receive it generously. It's not that much more complicated than that. So how do we make these wise decisions? What are some steps that we can take? Thankfully, uh, there are lots of things online. There are several pastors that have talked about this, and so I'm thankful for several of them who were able to compile some of these, and uh, I'm going to share them with you, some of the things that I found. They're all based on biblical principles, and uh, what, I'll, what I'll do is as you go to look, how do you make a wisely godly choice? Um, they all can be summarized in about four or five steps. No matter where you look, there are usually about four or five of them uh, that might be talked about uh, in different ways. And so I'll share them with us now, and I'll admit, okay, off, on the surface, these are going to seem like your rubber-stamped Sunday school answer, okay? Um, and I think that's okay, uh, because we've all been taught lessons, either the hard way or the easy way, about how to make a wise choice. I don't think any of these will surprise you. Um, the first one is that we can pray. God gives generously to those who ask for it. Ask God, what does he want? I know what I want, but God, what do you want? Consider Solomon. God was going to give Solomon anything he wanted, and Solomon asked for godly wisdom. We should have that kind of attitude when we pray. Also, get the facts. The facts are our friends. In other words, we don't have to be overly emotional or enthusiastic when we go to rush into a decision. Uh, let the information guide us. Ask ourselves, what does the Bible have to say about this choice I need to make? Then we can learn from others. God didn't design us to have to experience everything about this world on our own. We need to learn from the other experiences of others. The Bible is full of examples for that, and we're going to talk about that uh, in another week coming up. Fourth, we can calculate the cost. We have to assess what is going to be the result of the actions or the choices that I make. Proverbs 20, 25 says there's a price tag for every decision in life. Now, I know as next-gen pastor, I have the joy to talk to you about uh, seeing how you might be considering getting involved in ministry. Maybe it's in children or youth ministry. Maybe it's somewhere else, and that's great. Um, there's a good answer to that, besides yes, of course. Yes is always a good answer. Uh, but uh, I'll get back to you 
is a totally good answer when you have to make a tough choice. Take the time that you need to consider what information you have and how can you live out uh, the choice that you're going to make. Calculate the cost. Have courage. In other words, no excuses. If you know that God is leading you in a direction and there's a choice you need to make and God is going to speak to you and guide you, let that be the driving factor in your life about how to make the wise choice. And then be humble. Remember that you are not the center of the universe. There may be choices that you need to make in your life, not just so that you can live well, which God wants us to do, but perhaps so that others may benefit from the choices that you make as well. So no matter where you go, there's usually about those kinds of six steps about how to make a wise choice. I'd like to offer another one too, because like I said before, sometimes our choices can be really hard. Sometimes it's not crystal clear about what choice it is that I'm supposed to make. Maybe you're choosing between two good things and you're just not really sure, God, which one do you want me to choose? Or maybe it's two not so good things and uh, maybe it's the lesser of two evils that you need to try to choose between. Or even sometimes, maybe it's just a really hard choice and you just have no clarity about what the next step is. You know, talk to any graduate right now about where, what's going to happen after you graduate. Or maybe it's a career change. Or maybe you're just over your head and overwhelmed by a choice that you know you have to make, but you just don't feel like you're equipped or qualified to make it. How do you handle those kinds of situations? What can we do? Well, I'm going to offer a story, and I'm going to suggest maybe there's a seventh thing that we can do uh, when we go to make wise choices. Um, I became a Christian when I was in university. I had already started my studies, and I was pursuing some career goals. Obviously, before I was a Christian, I was not aspiring to be a pastor. Um, And uh, when I became a Christian, I really wrestled with the fact, well, God, you know, I had goals before I came to know you. There were things I wanted to do before I had a relationship with you, Jesus. So what now? Now that you're the center of my life, how do I wrestle with those goals that I once had? Are they still the goals, God, that you want me to have? Or are you asking me to be transformed and to make a change? And I had no idea how to answer that question. I had no clue. I was lost. I was young in my faith. Um, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know how to make that decision. And so for a whole year of my studies, I was really wondering if this was going to be my future. There was a a man, uh, one of the on-campus groups, who would come alongside me. And uh, I shared that tension with him a little bit, and I shared him my concern about not really knowing um, what was supposed to be next. And I'll never forget his words. He said, Matt, he said, never mind how you're going to follow Jesus in your future. How are you going to follow Jesus today? What are you going to do today that will walk in God's will? And how will you respond to today's decisions to take up your cross and follow him. And I was reminded that if you really want wisdom for tomorrow's hard decisions, you got to be faithful and you got to trust God with today's small decisions. Trust him with today's small decisions. Be faithful in the small things today. And those small things will add up to tell the story of your life that you are walking in his will. And the pages of the story will be marked with joy of of knowing and serving and trusting God. Uh, Jesus told a parable. It was called the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. 
And uh, some of you know uh, the passage well. Basically, there were three people. They made, uh, two of them made wise choices. And the master said to the two who made the wise choice, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I wonder if that's the kind of attitude that we should have when it comes to making our choices. Will we be faithful with the small things so that we're ready for the big things when God calls us to act or to make a decision? I think one of the most important things that we can do is decide today that we will follow. Decide today that we will trust and obey. Some of you know the old song, I've decided to follow Jesus. What? No turning back. No turning back. We can decide now. Now, I also know, and the reality is, is that we've all done this very poorly, probably, in our lives. Some better than others, but we've all done t- done, made decisions uh, that were not the wise choice, right? And we all know that our lives can, can uh, endure the consequences of poor choices, right? And even up until now, you know, a poor choice in the past can be affecting us today. But I still think that there's hope in this passage and the hope and a reminder for us that today we can ask God for wisdom. Sure, there may be consequences of poor choices in the past, but that does not take away the ability for us to say yes today. We can choose to say yes to God. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, I'll forget what is behind, and I will press forward and press on to the goal that Christ Jesus held on for me. It says here, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Yes, there may be consequences to poor choices today, but we can press on. We can repent. We can recognize that we have to say sorry to a perfect God for the ways that we've fallen short. We may have to say sorry to the people that we've hurt, but today we can start to make wise choices. If you want the courage and the faith to follow God when making tomorrow's hard decisions, trust him with today's small decisions. Now, before I pray, I wanted to bring us back to the image of a book unfinished, the story of our lives. Imagine those blank pages at the end of the book. These blank pages represent the parts of our life story that are yet to be written. How will we trust God What decisions, what godly, wise decisions can we make now so that our lives tell the story that we really want to tell? The life of God shining through us. We can't see what's coming up. And in a week like today, we all are aware that sometimes things arise in our lives that we really can't predict. But God is calling us to make a difference, to be ready for tomorrow and to make wise choices today. I'd like to pray with us as we close. Lord, we're going to prepare our hearts for a reminder that you gave your life for this world. You gave everything up so that we can walk closer with you. And Lord, if we're going to walk closer with you, we need to be making wise choices. We recognize, Lord, that we have fallen short in the past, We've made poor choices. 
But thank you, Lord, that you are a God who gives hope and restores and forgives and renews. And so, Lord, for any of us, if we're struggling with a tough decision, help us first consider what have you already called me to do and how can I act on those things that I know I should be doing now? Or when it's less clear and we're not sure what's next for us, Lord, help us all to pray this prayer. I'll use my words to guide us all individually. Lord, I need your guidance in my life. I ask in faith that you would direct me. Help me to listen for your response, to not get so busy that I can't hear from you. Father, even when I don't understand it, help me to trust you and understand that you have a path for my life that is good, for living well. So God, what's my next step? What do you want? Help me to do what I already know I should do. Help me not to get frustrated. Help me not to be fearful. But help me to trust. Please, Lord, give me your wisdom. Thank you for the promise of your generosity because we need it so much. We pray in Jesus' name.